up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. It's 8 a.m. and you're listening to KIOF-LP, 97.9 FM, Las Vegas. This is Las Vegas Public Radio, broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience, in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Iranian media says at least 40 people have been killed in a stampede in the hometown of the military commander killed in a U.S. drone strike. Thousands were on the streets for the internment of General Qasem Soleimani in his hometown of Kerman. Top Iranian officials have renewed their promise of revenge for last week's airstrike, which was ordered by U.S. President Donald Trump. The French Prime Minister and trade unions have failed to reach an agreement after talks on the continuing strikes over pension reform. Edouard Philippe says he is open to discussing changes to the average retirement age, but the next nationwide strike on Thursday against the government's plans looks set to go ahead. Ross Cullen reports from Paris. Edouard Philippe says he's not closed at all to dialogue, telling French radio on Tuesday that I'm open and not ruling out anything. The rolling strikes that have been going on since early December are continuing to hit transport across the country, with Tuesday also marking day one of four days of industrial action by workers at French oil refineries. There is a further major strike planned for Thursday as the anger and concern over the government's planned restructuring of the pension system shows no sign of letting up for the moment. Ross Cullen, Paris. Reports say at least 30 people have been killed and many more injured in Borno State in northeast Nigeria. An improvised explosive device detonated on a bridge leading to the border with Cameroon. Phil Ehaza reports from Abuja. Witnesses in the market town of Gamburu say those that were injured in the attack were rushed to a local hospital. The improvised explosive device detonated on Monday evening on a crowded bridge leading to neighboring Cameroon. No group has claimed responsibility for the blast, but the town is in an area where terrorist group Boko Haram has carried out frequent similar attacks. No official statement has been released by the Nigerian army yet, but sources with the Civilian Joint Task Force confirmed the attack. President Muhammad Buhari and the military say Boko Haram has been decimated since 2018, but there's still been several cases of violence carried out by suspected militant groups in Nigeria. A British teenager detained in a Cypriot prison over a false rape claim is now free to return home to the UK after being handed a four-month suspended sentence. The 19-year-old was convicted following a trial. Having recanted an allegation, she was raped in a hotel room by a dozen young Israeli men in July. Benji Hire reports. The unnamed British teenager is being granted what the judge is calling a second chance after receiving a suspended sentence having been found guilty of lying about a gang rape in Cyprus. 
she had contacted local police claiming to have been raped in the coastal town of Ayanapa. The now-released Israeli men taking part filmed the incident on their phones. But the woman maintains that Cypriot police forced her to falsely confess to lying about the alleged assault, something police have denied. The case drew heavy criticism around the world, with some protesters demanding a tourism boycott of Cyprus. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, President Trump's threats to destroy Iranian cultural sites if Tehran retaliates for the U.S. assassination of General Qasem Soleimani. Any move by the U.S. or any other nation that is a signatory to the 1954 Hague Convention on the Protection of Cultural Property would constitute a war crime. And so there's been shock in Washington and allied capitals over the president's now repeated threats to target Iran's cultural gems for destruction. It will be a war crime. This takes you into the territory of Daesh and the Taliban who do that sort of thing. Sir Peter Westmacott is a former British ambassador to Washington. Over the last year or two, there's been quite a lot of evidence what President Trump prefers are wins rather than wars. So I think we have to wait and see. I think we have to take President Trump's tweets and his, his, his statements seriously, but not necessarily literally. In other words, when he talked about destroying the cultural icons of Iranian civilization, I hope that's just you know, bluster and bravado. And I hope if it looks like being a serious threat, that the British government and others would say very firmly to the White House, you do not do this. We cannot possibly support you. But it's far from clear that European governments carry much sway in Washington at the moment. Over the weekend, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo tore into Britain, Germany and France for failing to provide the White House with sufficient support over the general's killing. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. FSN is an independent source of news for TV, radio and digital networks worldwide. You can find more of our minute-by-minute -minute updates on Twitter. Follow us there at Feature Story. And we have a wealth of audio and video stories from our global news bureaus on Facebook. You can find us there by following Feature Story News. Stay tuned for further updates right here. But for now, that is the latest Feature Story News. Ollie Barrett reporting. Magic FM in Las Vegas, where stars are made and played. played, played, played. The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to the Sports Angle with your host, Rocco Kelly. And now, here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Welcome to The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Now, it was a great weekend 
for the NFL with the wild card round. And I understand that there were people who loved it and there were people who hated it. Now, to clarify what I'm about to say next is there was a lot of offensive struggles that I noticed in terms of the production and in terms of the stability of the back-and-forth offensive battles that we're normally accustomed to. And what I mean by that is is that it was a lot of low-scoring, three-and-outs, punts, field goals. There wasn't a lot of touchdowns being scored during all four of those games. I mean, yes, there were some touchdowns, but there was a lot of just here's the ball. Uh, you know, we're going to let you have it. No, we don't want the ball. We're going to let you have it. You had that really weird <coughs> a minute standoff between the Titans and the Patriots. It's just one of those situations that you have to understand that it there, there just wasn't really a lot of offense during any all four of these games. And I don't know if that's a stretch, considering all, the highest scoring game was the Vikings and Saints, and still that wasn't really high scoring. It was only 46 points between the two. So that's not really electrifying in the NFL. And I think the lowest scoring game out of them all was just 26 points between the Seahawks and the Eagles. So from what I understand... And from what I watched is that, yes, there were some back and forth, but for the most part, it was not about the offense during the wild card round. It was about which defense was not going to make as many mistakes as possible because the offense wasn't going to get the job done. I mean, is that making a lot of sense, Sonar? No, it is. It was a lot of back and forth, and they really had to – I guess they were playing a chess game. That's why there was such a low-scoring games on all of them. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one of those situations where, unfortunately, we have a situation where it was a lot of back and forth, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in the playoffs, we're used to an offensive duel. We're used to the whole back and forth. And unfortunately, we did not get that. We did not see the back and forth between two high-powered offenses. We did not see that. I mean, unless I'm wrong. Unless we did see that in one of those games, and I just uh, just happened to miss it. But I did not see those high-powered offenses that people were praising during this NFL wildcard round. Maybe well, it, was, divisional... it was a game that... Everyone was playing carefully because here's the thing. In the playoffs, every game counts. In the regular season, yeah, every game should count, et cetera, et cetera. But you can lose a couple. This is single elimination. So if if you make a mistake, if you leave the ball just hanging out there in the world and someone picks it up, you get a turnover and possibly lose the game, you can do that with one miss uh, uh misstep so they had to make sure that they played carefully and i think that's why 
it, it you they didn't leave everything out on the field because everyone played so carefully. So I guess really the main question here is will the divisional round be the same where people are playing careful, where they're not going to be these high-powered offenses we've seen during the NFL season, or will it be a situation where we will still see those high-powered offenses? We got the Ravens, we got the Chiefs, we got the 49ers. I guess the Texans are still there as well. It's just a situation where you have to ask yourself the realistic question. Will the high-powered offenses show up, or will it just be careful NFL playoff football? Well, they need to. They need to show up. That's what got them into this position to begin with. So they have to leave everything out on the on the uh, field. And that's that's the issue that I run into, too, is everybody, everybody wants to play this careful game, but you didn't play careful to get to where you are. You didn't play careful and... And um, and pick and choose every single minutia of the entire uh, of the entire game. So the issue is, is that you have to do exactly what got you here. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're not going to keep moving and keep that momentum that we talk about so often. But you have to keep. This, the consistency is, is what you and I, I think, have, have come down to. Well, see, the problem that I have is these high-powered offenses is what the NFL has been promoting. And it's the NFL's agenda that they are trying to shove down everybody's throats. That this year, you're going to have these high-powered offenses go into the playoffs, and it's going to be great for the NFL. Well, if they have another round of careful, safe football. Now, the ratings aren't going to suffer because it's the NFL playoffs. Let's be honest, a lot of people watch the playoffs, even if they just turn it on their TV and put it in the background. But what I do think will suffer is the amount of length of time that people are watching it because that is something that's very crucial. There's a huge difference that between five minutes and an hour. When it comes to how long somebody is watching your TV. No, you're right. Is that, making, is that making a lot of sense? It does. And everyone's going to watch the playoffs anyway. And you hit it right there. Yeah, I mean, I did hit it on the nail there. But the whole five minutes versus an hour thing is very crucial for the NFL because of retention. They want your attention for these high-powered offenses but if they're careful and they have another careful round, especially with the Ravens and the Chiefs, with them acting the way they did this year, if it is another round of this careful back-and-forth offensive struggles, I don't see the NFL getting the retention time that they are hoping these high-powered offenses. And I hope the NFL does get it because I'm not one of those people who wants to bash the NFL the fact I actually want to see the NFL succeed. So I hope. Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, 
you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com slash symphony or find it at your nearest CVS health hub. These high-powered offenses show up because it would be good for the NFL. Now, this is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly, and we will be back after this. Las Vegas Public Radio Station, KIOF 97.9 FM, is an official radio station for emergency information in Las Vegas. During an actual emergency, tune your radio to KIOF 97.9 FM for official up-to-the-minute information from the city of Las Vegas. The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio. Hello. T-Mobile. A call or click away. Keeps you in play, night and day. Are you with us? My arms are open wide. Cause you know just what to say. And you know just what to do. Hi, this is Paul. And this is Dean. From the Paul and Dean Show, listen to the Paul and Dean Show live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right here on KIOF LP 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio, broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, I'm Aaron Clements, inviting you to ride with the CNC Auto Show. Co-host John Ryan Mooney and I are two real-life, in-the-shop, ASC-certified technicians that ride with you each week and answer automotive questions, share tips, and have some fun as we ride. Our goal is to give you information on ways to make your car, truck, or SUV safer, more dependable, and to make it last longer for less money. The CNC Auto Show cranks up on Saturdays from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. We'll meet you right here at Magic 97.9 FM KIOF Las Vegas. Hi everyone, I'm Craig Orndorff. On the next Seems Like Old Times, we'll ring in the new year. We'll bid farewell to 2019 and say hello to 2020. We're in winter now, so we'll have plenty of songs about the season and also a few tracks about the month of January. That's all coming up on the next Seems Like Old Times. Seems Like Old Times can be heard each Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF, Las Vegas. One nine. Call now. Welcome back to the Sports Angle. 
Find more information about the Sports Angle at thesportsangle.com. And now, here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Welcome to the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Look, the Bills' defense wasn't going to stop the Bills' offensive mistakes. Thank you to the person who commented on that, by the way. But like that, like back during the wild card round, that's an unfortunate tale. But the Bills' defense did what they should have done, except tackle on, the, uh, on that last drive of the game. But outside of that, when the Bills' offense makes a mistake after mistake after mistake, it's hard to fix it. So to answer that question. But now, so the Carolina Panthers, they hired uh, Matt Rule. He is uh, their new coach now. He was the Baylor head coach. So he's going from college to the NFL. And I, and this is something that I have personally had a disagreement with in the past. Now, I got nothing against college coaches. All right, there are some college coaches who are great at what they do. However, I do have a problem with this notion that if you're a great college coach, that will translate into success in the NFL. Outside of one coach that I can think of that has had great success going from college to the NFL, I can't think of any of any of any. Well, because think about out- the players. Players can't just uh, swap right over. They need a little bit of an off season. They need a little bit of training. They, even uh, even players have trouble. I can see a coach having trouble as well. Well, yeah, exactly. But outside of Pete Carroll, and it's been 10 years, by the way, since he left college to go to the NFL, uh, Pete Carroll's like the only person I can think of that's currently in the NFL that was a college coach who came over to the NFL and had success. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, yes, he's only had one year, but it's not looking too great out, out there in Arizona. You've had Bill O'Brien, who's, yes, he's made the playoffs four of the last five years, but it's no secret that he's holding back the Texans' offense. I mean, there's been countless reports that Bill O'Brien's been holding back Sean Watson. There's also the fact that you have all these college coaches in the past who went back to college after a brief stint in the NFL, uh, Nick Saban was the biggest example of that. He spent two years with the Miami Dolphins, didn't succeed, and then went back to college, and that was the Nick Saban we all know now. The point I'm getting to is that, yes, college coaches, I'm not saying that they can't be NFL coaches, but the success factor of a college coach coming to the NFL is slim, and it's very slim to none. Outside of the rare one or two examples, okay, for every Jimmy Johnson and for every Pete Carroll, there's going to be a Cliff Kingsbury, and there's going to be an Al Groh. So it's just one of those unfortunate situations. And it's going to take time to see what uh, Matt Rule uh, does in Carolina, and I, I hope him all the best. I really do. I hope him all the best, but I'm just dealing with the facts here, and the facts are that 
the facts is that a college coach, the transition to the NFL is very hard. And it's very challenging to go from college to the NFL. And there's all these aspects to it that you did not have to account for in college. And, and now I understand that the aspect of recruiting versus drafting, some people say that it's similar, but I disagree. I actually think that it's different. As a matter of fact, I actually say that recruiting is actually they actually say when it comes from a recruiting standpoint and from a drafting standpoint, it's really two different aspects. Because of recruiting, you can spend a couple of years evaluating certain talents. And also you can send all your scouts and all these people to come down there and get, get all that stuff done. You can go down there and meet all these players personally. Whereas in the NFL, you don't have that option. You can't go and meet every college player that you can that you, that you want to be on your team. You can't do that. And also, more importantly, in college, let's just be honest, there's about 10 teams that get all the top talent anyway. Whereas in the NFL, all 32 teams get a crack at the best best players in college to come to their teams. So it's a completely different aspect there. And it's just, unfortunately, that situation where, once again, I hope in the best, but it's rare to see a great college coach transition to the NFL and make a smooth transition and have success right away. Sonar, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to just turn around and transition in that in that kind of uh, in that kind of field, but it's something that needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. And uh, will Mark will Mike McCarthy do better in Dallas? Look, Dallas is a question mark in itself. And I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys will be better with Mike McCarthy, considering his last run with the Green Bay Packers was filled with controversy. Yeah, I get it. He won a Super Bowl with them. But you also have to understand that with Mike McCarthy, is he is he really the best fit at quarterback when it comes to Dak Prescott? Like Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, I don't see it uh, meshing as well. Just like with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, that end of that run was toxic. Uh, Mike McCarthy, he better not be offensive coordinator again because the Packers, they struggled with him as offensive coordinator and head coach. But knowing Mike McCarthy's going to try to be offensive coordinator again, just like he did in Green Bay. And I just don't know how to do. Uh, Green Bay and Dallas are two completely different teams. Uh, Green Bay, they like to focus on tradition. So they focus on, you know, a big arm quarterback. They try to focus on a running back who's not going to take too many carries, which, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott, that's not a good thing for you if he applies that system to Dallas. And more, more importantly, Green Bay doesn't focus on their defense that much. They have over the last couple of years, but normally Green Bay – focuses on their offense and they try and they and they do improve their defense but they don't focus on it as much as their offense does you go look at dallas 
Dallas tries to do more of an even approach, but even then, they still try to rely on their offensive players, especially their offensive line. Ever since, like, the 80s, they've always focused on drafting great offensive linemen to build around their running backs. Everybody knows that Dallas is great with running backs. Tony Dorsett, Emmett Smith. I don't think I need to say every single running back the Cowboys have had because you get my point. that he had in Green Bay, and also he had in San Francisco before he got to Green Bay, if that would be the right system for Dallas to get to. Well, it's more of a challenge in Dallas to be the offensive coordinator because there are so many moving parts and everything else that comes along. Really, for Green Bay, it is how do we get Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball more? That's that's pretty much the entire mantra for the uh, Green Bay offense. Whether it's it's using the run to set up the play action or however it is, their main goal is to get Aaron Rodgers the ball. It's it's the old uh, uh, MJ. is a lot a lot different because there are so many moving parts and when was the last time that Dallas really had a quarterback that they could rely on you said running backs all day that's that's what they can do you you lean on the running back more than you would lean on a quarterback who may not be able to handle the same things that Aaron Rodgers can yeah, exactly. And, I mean, some people are going to say Tony Romo, by the way, to answer that question. That's up for discussion. Uh, uh, some say Troy Aikman, uh, like I said, we have that discussion that. another time here on the sports angle. But, yeah, you got a good point. They Hashtag have two bug fumble, systems. man. With Green Bay, we, we know how they work. And we know how Green Bay officiates and how they do the general manager, they do the coach, they do the coordinators – Everything is planned out in detail, whereas in Dallas, it's never really seen that way. Uh, I don't know if it's dysfunction from the top to the bottom, but Dallas, to me, has never seen like a team that has an identity. Or if they do, there's been one person that has an identity and everybody else trying to get in line. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, there's no chemistry. There's no mesh to everything because it it's a bunch of these different pieces. Now, now maybe Green Bay has it a little easier because they do have a uh, they do have a cornerstone in Rodgers, but that may be as far as it goes. Yeah, exactly. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle? Is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast? The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. And it's just when the situations where, unfortunately, uh, Dallas and Green Bay, hey, Mike McCarthy, best of luck to you. But um, I just don't know how it's going to go. This is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. And I'll be, we'll be back after this. Las Vegas' first official arts, culture, and tourist station. Magic 97.9. Listen to the Joy of Jazz five days a week from 11 to noon. With your host, Joy. Enjoy classic and modern jazz, exclusive interviews, and much more. It's the most fun you can have before lunch. Underwritten by Pink and Blue Organic Energy Drink. Visit their website at www.pink-blue.eu. The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KIOF 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? T-Mobile. A call or click away keeps you in play night and day. Are you with us? My arms are open wide. Cause you know just what to say. And you know just what to do. Hi, this is Paul. And this is Dean from The Paul and Dean Show. Listen to The Paul and Dean Show live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right here on KIOF LP 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio. Broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, I'm Aaron Clements, inviting you to ride with the CNC Auto Show. Co-host John Ryan Mooney and I are two real-life, in-the-shop, ASC-certified technicians that ride with you each week and answer automotive questions, share tips, and have some fun as we ride. Our goal is to give you information on ways to make your car, truck, or SUV safer, more dependable, and to make it last longer for less money. The CNC Auto Show cranks up on Saturdays from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. We'll meet you right here at Magic 97.9 FM KIOF Las Vegas. Hi everyone, I'm Craig Orndorff. On the next Seems Like Old Times, we'll ring in the new year. We'll bid farewell to 2019 and say hello to 2020. We're in winter now, so we'll have plenty of songs about the season and also a few tracks about the month of January. That's all coming up on the next Seems Like Old Times. Seems Like Old Times can be heard each Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF, Las Vegas. One nine. Call now. Oh, that's right. You're listening to The Sports Angle. Find more information about The Sports Angle on Twitter 
Atlas Sports Angle. And now, here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Welcome back to the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. There is all this conversation about Tom Brady. And yes, Tom Brady, he lost. The Patriots lost. I get it. But there's all this speculation about what is next for Mr. 12. Will he retire? Will he resign with the Patriots? Or will he do the unthinkable? And will he join another team to end his NFL career? And now, I'm not going to say nothing is impossible. Because in the NFL, we have seen legendary quarterbacks end their their careers on very random teams. Brett Favre comes to example. But I will say that if Tom Brady does go to another team, it would be incredibly odd to see Tom Brady wearing another uniform. Because you have to understand, he had been with the New England Patriots for nearly 20 years. So for a guy like Tom Brady to essentially play his final year, final two years in the NFL for somebody else, well, that money has to be either really, really good or something has to happen in New England that causes him to leave. It won't happen. Will not happen. The, the, the guy would rather retire than not be a Patriot. He wants to go sit on his couch with Gronkowski and, uh, and debate. And that, that's essentially what they're going to do. They're, uh, him and Gronk are going to start Patriots on a Couch podcast. And that's essentially what they're going to do. Because he's not going to put on another jersey. He's, he's not going to, because otherwise you only get him for a year, maybe two, and then he's going right back to the Pats to retire uh, for that for that time. And it doesn't matter about the money because he's already a multimillionaire and so is his wife. So it's not going to be the money. It, what's going to happen is if if he doesn't stay with the Patriots, he's not going to stay at all. Goodbye. Thanks for a great season. Thanks for everything you did for us. Have a nice retirement. Well, you see, well, you see that is the realistic scenario. And, of course, that's where I'm going with this. Is that, obviously, we all know what's going to happen. If he doesn't re-sign with New England, he'll retire. He'll hold a press conference. He'll shed some tears. And then he'll retire and be with Gronk. Right? He'll be with his wife. He'll be with Gronk. He'll celebrate finally having some retirement, having an off season for, for for once, instead of you know being in the Super Bowl and then a month and a half later being back at training camp. So, yeah, I understand that. But from what I understand, is that anything can happen. So when you said that it's not going to happen, that's when I go. We've seen some very weird things happen in the NFL. So that's why I'm not going to count it out. I don't think it's going to. 
but you can't count it out because there's always that possibility. So with that situation in mind, you have to understand that is there really any team that Tom Brady would be attached to at this point that's not New England? I mean, he grew up a 49ers fan, but they got his backup in Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he went to University of Michigan, but I don't think the Detroit Lions would pay him all that money to be with uh, Matthew Stafford. So in the grand scheme of things, finding a team that needs Tom Brady. I mean, shoot, hey, Cleveland Browns, you, you available? <laughs> but it's just a situation where I just don't see a team that would be able to fit Tom Brady with another with another roster. Whereas Tom Brady and the Patriots, they have been built as a as a unit. All right, you got Belichick, you got Brady, and you got the Patriots, and they've been built for the last twenty years as a solidified unit. And we get that. Now, they've had some struggles in the past. In fact, very recently, they've had some struggles. But I do think that what you're saying does make a valid point, that Tom Brady would probably retire before he ever wears another jersey, but it's just a scenario that realistically you can't say no because we've seen Brett Favre go to another team. We've seen Peyton Manning go to another team. We've seen all these legends be in another uniform on the back end of their career. We've seen it happen, so it's not like it's impossible. Johnny Unitas as well. We saw him play for the Chargers out of all teams on the back end of his career. I don't think he would ever go to anywhere else. He's a patriot, always a patriot. He could be a fan of wherever he wants to. But I think Brady will – I think he'll just retire. He'll flat out say, okay, well, um, I'm done then. Um, he might even become a analyst if he still wants to be part of it. I'm sure there are plenty of networks that would love to have Brady on their screen. Or, or better yet, how about he joins the Patriots on the coaching staff? There you go. But that, I mean, that's an, what I mean. Maybe he becomes a, a, a QB coach or um, offensive coordinator or something like that. Well, essentially, they, if Belichick really wanted to keep him in there and maybe not as throwing a ball around, I think he would find a position to to put him in. I think he'll just make one up if he doesn't have one ready for him. Right, or the team will do one of those like special assistant to blink or something like that, where it's one of those positions that doesn't really have a title, but they're on the coaching staff because they want them to be on there. Like baseball and football teams, they do this all the time. Well, they'll add like assistant to general manager or a special assistant to the to the head coach or one of those positions. Yeah, exactly. It'd be one of those positions, and it's just a situation where I understand that with Tom Brady, all I'm saying to you and all the angle that I'm pointing out to you is that it's probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. 
but you can't say never. I've learned in sports that you can't say never. Because normally when you say never, it ends up happening. I mean, so does that make sense? Normally when yeah. you say, oh, it's never going to happen, well, sure enough, t- it turns out normally it does end up happening right in front of your face. It's it's true, but Brady's got some loyalty there. I mean, it, he could have easily ran up the check. You know what I mean? They could have he could have easily said, "I'm not I'm not going to stay in New England unless you give me more money. I'm not going to stay here unless you pay me blah blah blah." He knows he's good he knows he's well off uh, on his own and uh the fact that his wife brings in millions of dollars as well it doesn't hurt the fact that that's why he never really he, yeah you always ask for a raise but he never asked for anything exuberant so that's the thing is is it's not going to be about the money no one will be able to offer him enough money and unless it's half a billion dollars it's it's not going to happen it's it's one of those things that he has been loyal to this team because it's his team He's in charge, or he has a say in in what uh, players they draft, who they bring in on free agency, trades, everything like that. He's he's had his hand in building his own team. I do not think that he would just give that up so easily and go to another place where he will struggle and probably hear more of this garbage about how he's how he's washed up. He goes over to uh to uh any of these places that need it and he's going to get the same thing oh he's washed up he can't handle blah 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 he has a good system and if he can't be in it he's not going to stay so how about i present this argument let's say the patriots and tom brady meet for conversation it's already been openly well known that brady wants to play until he's 45 so Brady tells them what he wants. The Patriots say, hey, look, we understand you want to play until we're 45, but we also got this rookie quarterback in Jared Statham, who, by the way, is their backup QB, and he actually is one of the best uh, backup quarterbacks in the NFL. We don't want to risk losing him like we did Garoppolo, so how about we go with the kid and we make you the backup? Tom Brady refuses, and then a team like Tennessee gets him in free agency with, no, I get with Mike Fable, who is a former teammate of Tom Brady. I get it. But like we've said before, free agency is essentially just unemployment. So he has to still choose that he wants to be employed. Yeah, we all want lots of things out of life and lots of things out of our career. But the thing is, is if it's not a good position for you or a good place, you're not going to do it. All right, absolutely. And no, Houston will win this weekend. Anyway, this is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly, and we'll be back after this. Magic. 97.9. 
Las Vegas Public Radio Station, KIOF 97.9 FM, is an official radio station for emergency information in Las Vegas. During an actual emergency, tune your radio to KIOF 97.9 FM for official up-to-the-minute information from the city of Las Vegas. The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Kelly brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The Sports Angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio. Hello. T-Mobile. A call or click away keeps you in play night and day. Are you with us? My arms are open wide Cause you know just what to say And you know just what to do Hi, this is Paul. And this is Dean. From the Paul and Dean Show, listen to the Paul and Dean Show live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right here on KIOF LP 97.9 FM. Las Vegas Public Radio, broadcasting around the corner from the Fremont Street Experience. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, I'm Aaron Clemens, inviting you to ride with the CNC Auto Show. Co-host John Ryan Mooney and I are two real-life, in-the-shop, ASC-certified technicians that ride with you each week and answer automotive questions, share tips, and have some fun as we ride. Our goal is to give you information on ways to make your car, truck, or SUV safer, more dependable, and to make it last longer for less money. The CNC Auto Show cranks up on Saturdays from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. We'll meet you right here at Magic 97.9 FM KIOF Las Vegas. Hi everyone, I'm Craig Orndorff. On the next Seems Like Old Times, we'll ring in the new year. We'll bid farewell to 2019 and say hello to 2020. We're in winter now, so we'll have plenty of songs about the season and also a few tracks about the month of January. That's all coming up on the next Seems Like Old Times. Seems Like Old Times can be heard each Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF, Las Vegas. Call now. anywhere we still have one more segment left of the sports angle live on kiof 97.9 las vegas public radio.org every morning and now here's your host of the sports angle rocco kelly welcome back to the sports angle i'm your host rocco kelly what is a defense? Or more importantly, when you are a big man, what is a defense? Because in basketball, doesn't matter if it's the NBA or college, it seems that the idea of a, of a concept known as a defense has disappeared. Now, there are certain players who still 
astute defensive play, and those people I'll give credit to. But it seems like the big men, the guys who are six foot ten or higher, they don't play defense anymore. And I know some people are going to go, what are you talking about, Rocco? Rocco, what are you talking about? Defenses. There's defense in the NBA. If you think that there's defense in the NBA, go watch 20 years ago and then come back to me and apologize. There, The concept of a defense now in the modern-day NBA is not really a defense. It's essentially people just standing around pretending to defend somebody and then at the last second taking a shot and blocking it 50 feet in the air and then putting it halfway in the grandstands. That's essentially what the defense is now in the NBA. It's not actually defense. It's not getting close to the rim. It's not, you know, it's not putting on an actual stand and making sure that that person doesn't get in the lane. That's not the NBA, and that's not defense anymore. The defense is just one-on-one, hey, can you beat me? And if you do, oh, I'm not going to try to stop you because you've already gotten past me. And more importantly, these big men are so focused on offensive numbers now that you might have noticed in recent years that if a big man gets beat, he doesn't try to make an effort anymore. He'll simply just start running down the court to make sure he gets back on offense immediately. You didn't see that back then. You didn't see defensive players immediately on offense if they blew up, if they blew a coverage, or if they were out of a zone, they tried to get back in the zone and finish the play. I mean, Sonar, this is an argument that I have always been upset about. Is really what is a defense in, in basketball anymore? Because their definition of a defense now. It's honestly not a defense. It's just people just standing around doing one-on-one coverage. Yeah, that's a defense, right? That's, <laughs> that's I mean, the, I, I don't want to be that guy that hates on the sport. I don't, I don't usually prefer it. It's not mine. I, and it may be too fast for me. I may not be able to see it. But that's the way I look at it is essentially the only strategy that anyone ever has is who's open. That's that's it. Oh, is that person open? Cool. I pass it to him. And then he either shoots or he finds another person who is open. I don't I don't see the strategy. I don't it's it's one of those things for me. Oh, right. But what I've noticed in the last couple of years is that back then, back 20, 25 years ago, if you were a big man, if you were a guy that was supposed to sit, they were supposed to be in the lane. You were supposed to you were supposed to guard out. You were supposed to block out. You were supposed to contend. Right, you were supposed to contend for the rebounds. If somebody went in the lane, you were supposed to knock their head off. If somebody went in the lane to dunk, you were supposed to block it. Or if somebody tried to make a shot and they were supposed to do a layup, you were supposed to come in and just block it halfway into the stands. Now, they still do that on occasion. But now, what I have normally seen is that if you're in the lane, it's one-on-one. Or on the occasion that it is a two-on-one coverage, I'll leave somebody wide open, and it just goes for an alley-oop like you see on NBA 2K. Well, the game I mean, has actually... changed, too. The game has changed from from driving it to uh, to the net every time and doing your layup or doing your, your, your two points, essentially, doing your twos. So to the point where now if you do crowd the net and make sure it's all blocked off, 
all they got to do is take three steps behind them and they're draining threes. So what's happened with the game is it's spread out. It's no longer right there in the middle. It's no longer having a having a uh, a guard that literally sits under the net the whole time. It, it, the share has to move around, and that's what I mean by the strategy has changed to whoever's open. If if someone's double teaming somebody else, or you got a guard under the net, that means somebody is open. Somebody's there. Somebody is available to either um, hang out on the post or be able to um, be right outside, you pass it to them, and then they can go behind all of those defenders. So, I mean, I do say that there is no strategy, but the strategy is so simple nowadays that there is no complexity. There is no, okay, if this guy has the ball on this side of the, the, uh, the court, then we need to stand on this side, almost like soccer does, where everybody kind of, kind of holds off an angle or, or cuts off a side of the, uh, of the court. You can't do yeah. that anymore because no one, uh, no, first off, no one's brave enough to take the charge anymore. I mean, that was the other thing. You looked. You mentioned 20 years ago, someone was brave enough to take that charge. They were, they were able to just stand there and power through the whole thing. But now every, uh, nowadays, it, you can't do that anymore because everybody's worried about injuries and, and when's the next time that they're going to be on a cereal box. Right. I saw this recently, and this is why I brought this up. It was during a Toronto Raptors game. And I will give credit to Pascal Siakam. He is a great player. But the rest of the team that he was facing, it seemed like they totally forgot what a defense was for two seconds. Because he literally went in the lane and dunked, and not a single person stopped him. They didn't, they didn't even attempt. To, you know, they, they didn't even do that, you know, half, you know, what, where, like, they at least put their hand out like, oh, I'm going to try to block it, you know. Like, they literally just let him do it. Like, everybody just stood still, essentially, and he just dumped the ball in front of everybody. Yeah, it's lazy basketball, man. There's no more thought to it anymore. There's no more energy. There's no more hustle. It's it's a slower version of the game that we were all used to for some time, all because everybody's so timid anymore. It, because if you do something, it, you're not going to be talked about anyway. It doesn't matter. You could be the greatest player in the world. You could be the greatest defenseman in the entire world. But everybody's in it for the fame. Everybody's in it for the uh, for the glory of the game or the glory of being the best and being the top. As opposed to playing the game again, let's work with our team. Let's go against each other. Let's make this a chess match. Let's let's uh, let's out strategize each other. Now it's just go out there, play one on one with the person. As long as you can beat them, you've done your job, or you're better than the person next to you. Well, see, the argument that well, there are certain players still in the NBA who do play defense. I give credit to Kawhi Leonard, to Pascal Siakam, uh, Patrick Beverly. Uh, there are certain players that still play defense, and I and I applaud them for it. However, for the 95% of players who don't, and they just do one-on-one, I want to clarify something real quick before somebody calls me out on it. I'm not talking about the shooting guards, the point guards, and the small forwards. I understand that one-on-one has always been a part of it when it comes to that side of the ball. 
when it came to shooting the trees or shooting the long twos. No, but what I mean is that when you were in the lane, if you go and watch a lot of the 80s and 90s games, when you were in the lane, when you were in the middle, there used to be two, three players inside the, inside the lane, and there used to be multiple people inside. That is what I'm talking about. So I just wanted to clarify that before anybody called me out on it and no. saying I don't know basketball. And you're absolutely I'm right. That- Vegas Karen hit right. it right on the head, too. No contract incentives to perform on defense. If, if you're a defensive player, you're no longer scoring all of the, the high scores or the, the triple doubles and everything else every game because you're playing a defensive game. No one's keeping track exactly. of those stats because that's not what a f- Las Vegas number one all public radio magic magic ninety seven point nine. The Sports Angle brings a unique mix of sports discussions to talk radio. The goal is to entertain sports fans with an angle on unique topics in the sports world while interacting with the listeners. Your host Rocco Cali brings a unique on and off the field knowledge and well-studied angle and energetic perspective to the sports world. The sports angle can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KIOF 97.9 FM, Las Vegas Public Radio. Great tailoring and alterations are hard to find these days. For ample, a new tailoring and alterations shop in Henderson, Nevada can help you with all your needs. Their website is www.fire-ample.com. You may contact Shirley at 702-867-1088 for more information. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? T-Mobile. A call or click away keeps you in play night and day. Are you with us? you know just what to say and you know just what to do <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with mickey d's breakfast the perfect pickup deal there's a deal for every morning at mcdonald's Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. At Zenni, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the middlemen, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone.